Welcome to Emerging, the official podcast of the Trout Unlimited and Costa Five Rivers program, brought to you by Sims. Emerging is about enabling the young angling community to drive progress in the fly fishing industry and the conservation of the places we love to fish. My name is Joseph Burney. I'm the current Five Rivers Communications intern and will be your host along with Andrew Lafredo. For this episode, we got a chance to talk with Jay Johnson and Justin Carf to talk about pig farming and growing the fly fishing community. We hope you enjoy. Trees over 70 degrees, it's all right. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode four. We are uh, we're back up here having fun. We got Jay and Justin on. Andrew is normal. Um, guys, we're glad you were able to join us from... Uh, it's kind of cool. We got this virtual setup. We've been able to talk to so many, uh, so many people from all different parts of the the U.S. so far. So, thanks for joining, guys. Um, really glad y'all are here. Hell yeah! It's gonna be great. Yeah, it's my, good to be here. My question is, Jay, how's the uh, the karaoke scene in Texas? Man, I haven't. Uh, you know what? So, so I, I'm I'm I'm. Uh, I've recently visited many of my family and they're Filipinos. And I don't know if you know where the karaoke machine was invented, but it was the Philippines. And most of the people in my village and in just in general are, are karaokeers. But the situation is we're in a pandemic. I don't know if you've heard of this, but uh, 2020 has been a rough year for not just the United States, but the world. But we're in a pandemic and that pandemic <laughs> has uh, made me very scared of touching anybody's microphone. That's uh, you know, so I, there has been no karaoke. There's been some in-house karaoke, but that's about it. Not not hitting the acoustics. No, I bet Justin is. Justin has a voice of an angel, but that's because he's Filipino also. Hmm. Big bonuses. You guys, this is going to be the best show you guys have ever done and will ever do. <laughs> yeah. Because between both of us, we're both fifty percent Filipino. We make a full Filipino. So uh, welcome, welcome world. You are you are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. All of that is true. <laughs> so uh 100% Filipino. <laughs> Justin, where are you, where are you checking in from? Jay Jay you're in Texas. Justin, where are you at? Uh currently I'm in uh St. Paul, Twin Cities, St. Paul, Minneapolis. Nice. Midwest, and then we got Colorado yep. represented, Texas, Georgia. Um covering the map pretty good here yeah kind of like that five river situation it's been fascinating to watch with andrew uh, uh i don't know how long it's been but you know i don't know uh, is that seven years andrew seven years something like that almost six jay crazy <laughs> time flies yeah. to to see to see the five rivers crews spread across the nation like that has been uh uh, like a virus, uh, but a positive virus, I guess. I, maybe I shouldn't use the word virus. Maybe I should use this, the five rivers kind of been a pandemic across the country spreading. <laughs> no, nope, I shouldn't use that word either. But uh, but it's been impressive to see it spread, and that's that's through the work of of Andrew Lafredo right here. So it's it's a it's a great opportunity to be able to talk to you again, Andrew, and see you again. We were living not very far away from each other for a little while, and we definitely see each other at the rallies and, and uh, rendezvous and stuff like that. But anyway, it's good to see you guys. And, and, to, and to, of course, uh, 
meet Joe. Joe Joe is a is a Five Rivers kid. Is that right? Yeah, and I heard stories from when I I currently live with two guys that I met in Five Rivers, and they went to the rendezvous. I think it was two years ago, and met you, and they were like, "Dude, you should have come." Um, I probably had some stupid reason for not being able to go, and they're like, "This guy." Jay Johnson was there and he was hilarious, fun guy to be around. We need to all go to the rendezvous next year if he's going. So it's good to finally meet you. Um, albeit virtually, but um yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, the the rallies and the rendezvous are 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 something absolutely incredible. Actually, Justin Carf, our cohort here, cohort here, um, has been to a few of them, but I, th- I think, you know, one of the first one Justin came to, I can just talk, I just told him, understand, you could change, you know, you could potentially change people's lives forever or influence them towards, towards a, a way of the outdoors and conservation and, and it's kids and Justin jumped on board. I think he was pretty blown away. Your first one was in Wisconsin, in fact, right? Is that Justin? Is that right, Justin? Yeah. It was the Midwest one. Yeah. Here in, yeah. Oh, over in Wisconsin. That and Jay missed a hell of a conversation about hot dogs. Never mind, you were there. Yeah, Jay was yeah, there. Jay was there. There was yeah. one stick that went around, and everyone had a hot dog on it. And yeah, you just had to melt the cheese just right, right. over over the fire. <laughs> That was quite the debate. Best technique. And Jay still smoked the kids in, uh, <laughs> in the fire, too. <laughs> yeah, that's been a fun one. I'm glad we started doing that, like the, the, the build a fire contest. I think that's, I mean, it's healthy, right? I mean, like, everybody's like, oh, I got this knife and I got this rope and I got all this stuff for survival. As outdoorsmen, right, this is an important aspect of our of our toolbox. Our toolbox is... You know, and, and I'm, I'm just kind of going off this thing here. A lot of people think that tools are like what you have uh, with your best, your, you know, what's your number one survival tool and all that. But the, the, the true fact of the matter is it's your brain. And and if you could build a fire, then, you you know, you're going to be you're going to be in a, a very prime situation anyway. Or, you know, at least a livable situation. So I think it's a good thing for, for I mean, everybody thinks they know how to light a fire. Everybody has this idea of like, oh, yeah, I could do it because they saw it on like a cartoon or, or YouTube or something like that. Fire building and fire fire studying is different. They're both important, but actually doing it with any skill right with 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 fly fishing it's 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 the same thing if you don't go do it you're not you know it's all in your head and 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 when it comes to real life you're screwed yeah i mean you're not screwed you're gonna learn you know but for fire that's a survival thing so we better learn we better learn now you know if that makes sense yeah totally anyway i guess the point is sorry sorry (laughs) andrew knows this the worst i mean actually actually andrew and justin i got i get a little get a little lost sometimes but point is yeah the rallies and the relay the rendezvous have been you know a at least my connection with with five rivers you know andrew's on it every day all day but for me i get to see everybody once or twice a year and those things have been a a very a very special you know i I wish i would have had something like that at any point of life you know, before I, you know, before I got into all this, I wish I would have had that in college or high school or grade school or, you know what I mean? That's, it's no brainer. It's no brainer. Like 
let's go have a good time, build community and, and do something about fish and conservation, you know, and I don't know. I think that's a win. I think that's a win. So, so, uh, so to any of the five rivers kids that are li- uh, listening out there, I'd like to say thanks for coming all the time. And that was so much fun. It's to the guys that have uh, graduated to guys and girls that have graduated. I hope that we get a chance to, to catch up again sometime. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to drop names because, because Bridgewater would be pissed off or Virginia Tech would be pissed off if I didn't name them and, you know, and all those guys and, and the CSU people would be super pissed off in, in, in Fort Worth or in Fort Collins. They'd be pissed off if I didn't mention them. So I don't want to start dropping names and like missing some people. <laughs> I wouldn't want to piss those guys off. I mean, we can give you the 138 list. You can just start, start now? rolling through them. Is it 138? Yeah, you can scroll through, bro. We can give a shout oh, out. <laughs> that is so crying. Last I heard, it was 121, and it kind of floated around for for months, you know. So, 138. Oh man, and and imagine that in a COVID year, in a COVID year of of, you know, not so many people are getting into those into those classes, and 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 you know, and it's a dangerous thing you need to do. I've heard a lot of people not going to school this year. I ain't I ain't I ain't backing any of it. You do what you do, you know, you gotta be you, but, but, uh, but to, to grow in a COVID year, pretty, pretty awesome. What have y'all been uh, doing since, since lockdown? I, Justin, I follow you on Instagram. I've seen you've been able to do good bit of, good bit of fishing. Uh, what have you been doing other than that or any species you chasing stuff like that? Um, so yeah. I, I try to get out as much as I can. I don't usually when I post stuff, I'm like sitting on a couch and <laughs> <in> like sweatpants. <laughs> like, oh, I'll post today. And then someone they'll text me back like, Hey, how's it fishing today? I was like, and I'll send them like a selfie of me on the couch with a bowl of cereal or something. <laughs> I'm like, You're gonna Oh, I love I social media. <laughs> bunch of things so obviously you're from wisconsin you know like we got some amazing summer fishing with a uh, smallmouth pike muskie and then we have the driftless tons of trout fish so yeah it's got a lot, like a wide variety of things that i can go out and do i try to mix it up yeah uh, sadly i actually haven't got the chance to fish in wisconsin much my my family's from there but I, uh, I've always wanted to go back cause my dad's from Eau Claire and there's some really good musky fishing I've heard around Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And I just want to go wear my shoulder out on some musky. Uh, I think that'd be pretty fun. (laughs) So, but that's great. Jay, you've been holed up. What do you, what have you been up to? Oh, it's it's kind of a long story, but the short of it is I burned my face off and then started building a short bus to be bitching. <laughs> <laughs> what it is, you know, I, I tell the truth. And then Justin and I have actually been uh, have been uh, working on sparking up a uh, a farm uh, YouTube network that I that we you know, has been very, it's going to be very exciting. So, so that bus, bus and, uh, burns pretty much it. Yeah. I'm I, really, yeah. That reminds me, I, I was looking through our, uh, our comments so far. And if you're listening, I'll take a quick plug to say, if you comment 
and like leave a review on on Apple Podcast. We'll send you we'll send you a sticker. They're pretty awesome. Um, Jay, I don't know if you've gotten yours yet, but I knew instantly when I saw your when when I saw your your review because let me read it right here. It was a it was a five star view I think so appreciate that, um, but it said, oh a bunch of people have left oh here we go it's mega bitchin fly fishing future exclamation mark, and <laughs> yeah that sounds like something I'd, I'd say yeah I, I didn't re- need to read the username but <laughs> but anyways I feel like we've gotten way off way off topic kind of maybe not um but i guess to uh to turn us into uh a more controlled direction um i'd love to hear from each of you uh what your favorite species of fish is and why mm-hmm. I know Justin is big fat fan of uh i catch small fish tour so it's small <laughs> <laughs> what is it justin justin I, I love any all, all the small fish. <clears throat> so I, I started this thing called hashtag I, I catch this I catch small fish tour, just because it's kind of a slap in the face. Because everyone's all about the big fish. Big fish are cool and all, but that's all you see. It's like I'm like the everyday fisherman. Like you go out and fish, 85% of the fish you catch are going to be small to average. You know, it's like you got to build them up too. Cause it's all about the fun aspect and just getting out there and doing it, not just being after the big fish. Cause I know some guys who get upset when they're like, Oh, it's, it's not big. <laughs> I don't know. And it's kind of like, side, have fun. You're, you're totally right. And in, in that, and it's funny cause of your job, but like, it's funny. That's I think there's a fly fishing is getting ruined by social media. And the fact that everybody thinks they have to grab these huge fish to have a smile. And that's uh, that's never going to be the the, the, the case. And, and so Justin's went so far in reverse that he catches huge fish, but he doesn't put the pictures up. <laughs> so, well, you got <laughs> some huge fish that you catch, but but I mean, but like you said, eighty-five percent is small fish, and so so I mean that should be a celebration. Just being outside should be a celebration. Anyways, yeah. No, you're right. Because like, there's been people like, hey, where's what's the last muskie you caught? And I was showing. Distinct, this is a true. I was showing someone at the fly shop, like this was last summer. And I was like, Oh, yeah, check check out this muskie that I caught up in the uh, Lake of the Woods. It was 40 or 39 inch muskie. And then, like, uh, one of my other friends was there at the shop, coincidentally. And he was like looking over my shoulder. He goes, He's like, Carf, he's like, I, I, you, you didn't post that on your, your social media. I'm like, No, I didn't. I'm like, You know, I'm like, have you seen my social media? <laughs> you're, you're loyal to the small ones. I don't share these fish. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I think it's good. No, I, I guess agree. It's rad. It's cool to see people just getting out there having fun, man, because that's ultimately yeah. all, all it's about. I'm all about the yeah. tiny little the tiny little brook trout down here. I mean, because anything oh, else is too. just a little, little stock, like stocked rainbows or like you have the the uh, crazy phenomenon that happens in the Chattahoochee with wild browns, but still, like the native fish we have here, are tiny. They're like, on average, yeah. like 
maybe six a six inch brook trout's kind of nice. Like you catch that in a two weight, and you're pretty pumped. Right, and if you're using the right tackle, you're gonna have a an absolute blast. But also, and they also turn out to be like the prettiest fish too. Oh yeah, because they're they're everything are so vibrant still, you know. And indigenous. So we're talking about, I mean, especially when it comes to uh, that, you know, the indigenous brookies, like that's top five most pretty fish in the world. I've seen a lot of different fish, you know, and I, I get off on like just seeing different fish in books, you know, brook trout, give me a break, like top five prettiest fish in the world. But also, you know, you look at the muskie or you know, every every fish to me, what what increases their prettiness or, you know, their their level of 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 beauty is uh is when they're indigenous you know when they're from there that even makes you know that makes it it just makes my my mind start to wander you know anyway yeah a small you know i i think it's a a, that i I really like the message of the small fish tour i think that's a, a massively impressive message that people need to understand one if you're going out just to catch hogs you're going to be let down quite a bit you know, yeah. it's going to be a lot of letdown. And, and if that becomes your outdoor experience, which it, it, I, and I will, I will, I'm open about it, that I am, I am on that side, that, that I, I, I am, I'm driven by, by what, what these, what indigenous fish can become, you know, um, but it ruins the outdoors for me oftentimes because I did, you know, especially when I was younger and that was the biggest mistake I ever made was all I would cared about was catching and and they got to be hogs. And so all of the letdown starts to make starts to make this this emotion when you're out in the outdoors of I'm going to get my ass kicked today, especially coming up as a steelheader. Like okay, I mean cuz that's just, you know, that's just how it's going to be, and especially coming up as a steelheader in the Northwest where our native our native runs have been pummeled by multiple sources that everybody wants to blame one source, right? But it's it's all of these things. It's, this is a whole ecosystem and 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 there's a macro world involved you know that 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 it's not just one thing but anyway it has decimated and we did our best right as you know especially in the early days we we're like oh shit or, or sorry, sorry. oh oh shoot uh uh we should plant <laughs> hatchery fish in there you know, you know we, we we thought we were doing so good you know and then we realized all the mistakes we've made and now we've i mean hopefully we've learned but anyway if you go out as a steelheader, and this is how I look at fishermen different, is that steelheaders, they went out fishing, thinking, you know, I got my chance, I got a chance, I got a chance. And then other fishermen go out thinking, I'm going to catch some fish. And that there's a certain soul involved in that. You won't meet very many super, super uh, chipper steelheaders, like on a daily basis going out and doing work because you're, you're used to beat down and and that's not for everyone. I would rather have it so that people got stoked every time they experience an out the experience, the outdoors, you know, and, and anyway, so that, that's why I like that small fish thing and, and understanding that a six inch brookie in Georgia or in the Appalachians or any, anywhere in, in those zones that one, you're not just dealing with one of the most beautiful fish in the world, but like, look around you, like, look at where those guys live. Yeah, uh, and, and always bitching. It's never discount fucking, or sorry, it's never like discount uh, like parking lot stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I was I was about to say too. Um, we brought this up in the last episode, but we we so often forget to look around the places we fish uh, and take it in. Like, just 
stand back on the bank for a second and look at where you are because most places that we fish are beautiful places. <laughs> yeah. I, I use the line, uh, you know, when, when you know, one of the things of, of people that are st- starting out, they think that when they get wind knots or you know stuff messed up in their leaders that they're failures and all this kind of stuff and they get frustrated and i always say stop take three big breaths and look around you because fish don't the thing you're chasing doesn't live in ugly spots and then and then you 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 know you get to connect to that spot for a little bit and it gives you reprise or it gives it gives you it gives you you know some sort of relaxation that that then you can untie that knot and you know and go about you know go back to business but like it is i you know I know that I know that you know the Five Rivers kids are on the on the younger side of of, of the spectrum, and I really hope that that uh, if I could pass one big lesson that I've learned is stop and smell the roses. Make sure you stop and smell the roses. Take a look around, you know. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> what got you guys both um, involved in fly fishing? A sport as well. What got me into fly fishing? So I was big into fishing in general. Um, I forgot what year it was. And I worked at an office building and I would talk fishing all the time with somebody. And one of my favorite methods of fishing. So I I lived in Chicago, so we didn't have like trout fishing, but I would go out and toss like a bait caster with hollow body frogs. And I just love seeing the explosion from bass. You know, and he's like, and then this this guy, uh, remember his name, Dominic. He's like, he's like, go pick up a, a five or six weight from Cabela's. They sell them for like a hundred bucks. You get like a rod reel line. I was like, okay. And he goes, and then pick up these little flies. They're called the Sneaky Pete. And I'm like, okay. So I did that. And he's like, yeah, meet me at this lake. And I did. And it was over from there. And I was, I was like, literally, I'm like, this little thing compared to these like hollow body frogs I'm going to be tossing. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. and then it's the same outcome. And I was like, this is rad. <laughs> I'm like, this is so fucking cool. Catch your first fish on a fly rod. And you're just like, it's almost, it's, I will say it's, it's very close. Um, I will say to hunting for me, like that moment mm-hmm. of, pulling the trigger or pulling the release on a bow and coming tight with a fish. Very similar experience for me. Um, and it's just like, it's addicting, extremely addicting. No, and it is what it is about it. It's, I don't know. It's more, you're more involved. Like to, to put it in like that way, you know, yeah. as opposed to like just casting and then, you're just reeling in. You're like doing something else. I mean, it's the same thing. You're reeling it in, basically, but a different method. But you're—I don't know how to say it, but you're—you're you're really more involved in. You're it. more in touch, especially with cats. Yeah. Yeah. I guess for me, uh, I mean, I don't know, man. All these stories are my my stories are are very are too long to explain any of that stuff. I don't know how to distill it down to except maybe. Um, all my life, I was more of a chess guy than a checkers guy. And when it came to anything to do with fishing or just pretty much anything in life, I wanted to see the hardest way to do it. Like the, the, I want, I wanted to see, you know, you know, basically it's, it's all tests of like, how, how can you, 
what's what's the hardest way to do something that has that that mm-hmm. has any sort of culture to it and you know like you know bass has been a, a an interesting part of my life and it's the fly rod is literally the worst way i'd rather have a hand line you know and anything else but the fly rods are, you know as as far as you know you're going up against a a uh, a gear rod like it's just a better tool. It's like trying to chop down a tree with uh, a maul or a, with a with a with a felling axe, or tr- trying to chop it down with a hatchet. You know, it, it it all of it gets it done, but it's just not the right tool. And so I like that that turned me on to stuff of like I want I want to have to get to thing into things at a at a at a, such a a small level that it made me. You know, so like checkers, you mean you know, you make a move, you make a move, and someone jumps somebody. Maybe you get a double jump and then a cross to a king. And it's like, oh, I did it. You know, that's that's your your big thing. With chess, you're thinking, I don't know how many moves ahead. And I mean, you know, ideally to 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 do it well, you're thinking many moves ahead. And that's what fly fishing is to me. It's like it's like I'm gonna tie a fly out of these things that I think will look like something that this fish that. Uh, that this fish is going to take and, 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 you know, uh, all of the moves, you know, the moves to, to get to present the fly, like all the way to that, you know? And so I grew up just hearing that fly fishing was like tough and, and gnarly and, and, and 80% magic and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so I'm like, instantly, I'm like, I think magic fairy wand I'm in, you know, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I, I like the challenge. I like, I like, I like whenever I get into anything, I want to get heavily into it, you know, I, and, and just for the record, I realized that, that uh, fly fishing is more like 90% magic, but fly casting is only 5% magic. The rest is all physics. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah. So, so that's, it kind of, that, that kind of stuff just fascinated me. Just making it, you know, making it tough on you has always been like if i was to, i was a musician for a long time and and the music that i chose to play was jazz and that's just because it sounded like it would be gnarly because it would be hard i like those big challenges but also it don't have to be challenging right the first time the first time well anyway yeah there's long stories but but basically fly fishing's kick ass and 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 is anything could be super ultra maxi bitchin fly fishing sits there fly, fly fishing sits there oh for sure so going off of that to go with more more story time uh what do you think your favorite fishing story is justin oh so this one it's kind of a i don't know yeah so my favorite fishing story revolves a muskie <laughs> And we were waiting. We we're up in like northern Wisconsin, waiting a river. And I just tied these uh, these new poppers. So I was I, there weren't big enough like poppers out there for muskie yet. And so like I was turning these these this foam, uh, trying to emulate these other guys that were doing it down south in like Tennessee. They were using the same type of foam. And I tried to do that. I used so it was a test run. And I didn't realize until after this fish, I was using the wrong size hook. The hook was too small. So I'm out there testing this fly. We're fishing, my buddy and I, and we're waiting. And I cast, 
and the, these poppers were making like a, it sounded like a subwoofer. They were so awesome, <laughs> and like, just like boom, and then yeah. So I cast the first two strips, and then I see this this wake come from like 15 yards away, straight at it, and I was like, holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> and then it crushed it, and I stripped said everything right, but it popped out, not realizing that the hook was too small. So, and then, well, that, that went on for 13 more eats <laughs> on the same fish. <laughs> no way. Ate this fly 13 times. Wow. <laughs> no hookup. The foam was destroyed. But the funny, the one of the funny times was like, I kept it. We're like, no way it's going to be there again. Or it, it was around us. And then we're standing there and like, I have my rod and we're like, where'd it go? Where'd it go? And then my buddy's like, dude, it's right in front of your fly. It was right in front of me. And it's, it's a back, back fin was like sharking out of the water and it had its nose right on my fly. And then I I didn't know where to go with it. It was like right in front of us. And it was like a, like a, it was a mid forties fish too. (laughs) And so I just pop it, it ate it. And I had nothing to do. Trout set it, missed it again. So that was one of the 13. And then cast in for like five minutes longer. I'm like, oh, I think it's gone. I think it's gone. And I made a cast to a different direction. And I gave it a nice big pop and I made that big noise again. And the V came out from right in front of us. It was like literally two feet in front of us. <laughs> and it felt all the water push from me. And it went and it shot out to the fly. <laughs> <laughs> and it ate it well and it didn't hook set well we camped there that that night and then we fished again and went back to that same eddy and ready to leave i'm like yeah that fish is not here anymore and so i made one obviously you have to it's, that's how the story goes you make one more cast five more times and it shows face again and missed it three more times it ate the fly when I say it missed it, it ate the fly every single t- one of those times, but Dang. the hook was just small and the foam didn't compress. <laughs> Damn. So 16 times over two days. Dang. I got fish to eat. <laughs> and this is a muskie, right? I mean, we're talking, we're not talking about a trout. We're talking about muskie. That would just be really cool. I mean, I, th- I think each one of those takes would be so cool. Hmm. But yeah, that's my favorite fish story. That's a fish that's not caught. <laughs> it's very on brand. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> Jay. Well, you know what? I don't. I don't. I don't know about that favorites part. You know what I mean? I, I think they're all my favorites. So what I'm gonna ask is, and I'm just gonna tell tell one. But you guys gotta give me. You got to give me a subject like like you want uh, near death or do you want, um, uh, you know, and, and interestingly, interestingly enough, most of my favorites are really dark stories. They're not happy stories. And so that, you know, so, yeah, I, I just I, I need, you know, because because I'm not I'm not like I said with the steelhead thing, I'm not I don't think I'm really fishing to be happy. I'm, I'm, I'm fishing to, for one thing, you know, or usually, and it messes me up anyway. So like, so that the punishment part, you know, 
makes it so for me the adventures are why the great the why they're why they're my favorite you know you know parts of stuff or or my the the memorable i should say you know uh, fishing wise i mean i guess the story i probably tell the most this is i mean it's just uh, you know one one did you do you have do you have a, a fish in mind or a country in mind or anything like that okay i don't remember what year it was but but there was a uh, a flying saucer filmed in Portland, Oregon, and the cop they interviewed the cops, and and my homie filmed it, and and but so did Channel Eight News, and they inter- interviewed the cops and all this kind of stuff. Spooky feeling. I don't know what it was. I mean, like if it was in the days of drones, I would have said it was a drone, but it, it wasn't. It was before drones. Okay. Anyway, so we all want to get together and we want to go fishing. Uh, at, it's a nighttime now. We watch it all on the news, and then we get together to go fishing and. It's at, it's at night, and and there's this beach not very far from my house on the mighty Columbia River. They call it Mighty because it's mighty. And uh, my friend had a bunch of this before I even knew what fly fishing was. But my my friends had these trout rods and little bells, and we'd throw out these these lures, or we'd throw out this bait and stick the poles in the sand, and then listen to Art Bell about because we were all spooked out about this weird UFO, you know. So and we'd put the bells on there. And we were drinking beers, of course, and and these shaker sturgeon, like sh- sturgeon under, I don't know, let's call it thirty inches. Any any like baby sturgeon, basically, would bite it, and you'd bow the alarm, and it'd be all crazy on these little rods, and then you'd let them go, and then set it back up, and keep on talking, and and listen to Art Bell, and, and enjoying frosty beverages, and then, um, so anyway, we started to get a little um, distracted, probably. And my homie, and my homie that filmed the thing, he also had all the uh, his dad's rods, his all of his dad's trout rods, and my rod went off and like ripped into the river, like leaving a rooster tail. It just took off. It like ding ding, and then got slammed on the on the beach, and then just took sang off into the uh, to, into the river. So some giant sturgeon caught it. And everybody was super bummed. He was like, "Damn, those are my dad's rods. He's gonna kick my ass. Like this is not great, you know." And then, uh, so now, you know, everybody quit fishing and I, I was so inter- interested in that, that fishing situation that eventually I just begged, I just asked him again, like an hour later, I was like, if I just stand around the rod, would you mind if I put that rod, another rod back out there, even though I just lost one of them, it's like, I'll watch it really good. I just, this is really cool. This is, this is the first time I ever done anything like this. And, uh. so anyway, so I go back out there and I cast that rod out and all of a sudden I get this pull and it's going nuts and it just starts singing and the, the the drag is ripping this is something obviously not 30 inches this is something huge and it's bolting on me and so it just starts booking and booking and my you know it was the coolest experience I, I think I ever felt at that time feeling feeling something in the dark um in in that that's a that's a that's a wild animal on the end of something and I'm trying to situate the situation. I have no idea. There's no chance I'm going to land this on 10 pound test, you know? So anyway, so I'm doing my best, not knowing anything about how to fight fish, you know, big fish or, or just fish in general. You know, I've only done spin fishing for trout probably a few times in my life at that point. Anyway. So I, I, I'm fighting and all of a sudden it becomes dead heavy weight and, but no fight in it at all. And I just, I, I just reel it in as hard as I can, as fast as I can. And it was hook to hook. The, the, 
my my lure was hooked to my rod that I lost like two hours earlier. No way. It was hooked hook to hook, and I landed his dad's rod back. And so what I so you know, and and then after the UFO stuff, and then that happens, like it was a spooky, uh, you know, a very spooky evening. But what I what I what I suspect happened is that there's a big mother sturgeon, cold lamping out there. And it ate my junk on the same side and then ate my junk again on the same side and, and, you know, battled that, battled that hook, excuse me, battled that hook loose. Absolutely. Anyway, that's, I I think that that's a a definitely a more appropriate story than just tales of doom and gloom. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I was thinking child was like, yeah, that cutthroat stuff, you know, anyway. (laughs) <laughs> but uh Jay, that's nuts, man. But uh yeah, that's just freaking crazy. Hook to hook. I mean, talk about karma, man. That's uh that's nuts. But uh okay. Jay, I'm that's, rod back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about like how uh how pig farm started? Yeah, there's four hobo symbols at the pig farm. And uh Hobo symbols are kind of an interesting thing. Like uh, people would go to towns and they would, in charcoal, usually from a campfire, scratch a little symbol in that said like "kind lady lives here," or uh, or cops are mean in this town, or safe place to camp or safe water. So I kind of got into those symbols a little bit. And so four of those four symbols. There's four symbols of the pig farm, and the first one is of the broken heart because it was found on on me and a homie just getting our hearts broken so hard we didn't know what to do and then people started questioning you know but when my homie was like he doesn't wasn't sure if he wanted to go on anymore and i had one of my best fishing partners he he didn't he he ended he handed his life a little bit too soon so i'm real sensitive to that kind of stuff uh anyway so he said he didn't want to do it anymore i was like you know what um why do i want to keep going because same stuff happened to me and i was like because i was working on a project and so I was like, you know what? We're going to start a project. And then we had talked about fly fishing community because we saw the film, what the film tour did and, and all of that stuff. We'd be running around to all these cities and building and these communities would be built off this stuff. But, uh, you know, through time, they didn't have the staying power or people got old and didn't want to go out anymore, that it wasn't like an all inclusive community situation. So anyway, so we started that and then it started with two and then it went to four. We met, uh, uh, Mark U. Brown and and he was going through a, a similar situation, and then and then Chip had always been a friend, and then so we started we started and eventually we were meeting with fours like how are we going to build this community, and then kept on building it, kept on building it. And eventually we were putting two hundred people in a bar, like teaching them how to tie flies or having little fly tying contests. We'd have two hundred and fifty people on a river cleanup, um, just getting hammered and having fun, you know, and. And so, yeah, so the idea was, you know, we wrote this down at a, at a young, a young, you know, at the beginning stage of it. It's like, uh, have fun, go outside, build community. And, and, you know, we just hold to those, we, we hold to those, those principles because we, we do believe. So, so I look at Trout Unlimited as the people that do like the nurturing of, of the, the vegetable start. So they come in and they, they nurture and grow these, these great conservationists that change 
change the world all over, you know, change the, change, change the trout, the fishing landscape across the country. And how I've always looked at it, like with the film tour and the films and the show and the pig farm and all that kind of stuff is that we're the, we're the, we spread seeds. So we're kind of like the, we, 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 we're kind of like Johnny Appleweed seed or Johnny Appleseed, where we just spread all these seeds across as, as much as we can and hope for things to come up. And then what we need is someone we, we need though when those things sprout we need a community around them and if there is a community around them those people will turn into responsible great outdoorsmen uh you know maybe not great but but you're gonna have a lot better chance if you if you talk with somebody that knows what they're doing already that uh, you know you cut out a lot of the mistakes that you got to make and then if you could point it towards doing something positive and that's what that's what how how the pig farm started is we took a bunch of negative energy and channel it towards positive, knowing that we have to take, when anything happens in your life that's gnarly and, and painful or or when it just gets really bad, if you take that and the, there becomes a lot of energy in your life, it's, 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 it's a massive amount. And that amount of energy could could move mountains or destroy them. And so how you how you channel those and where you direct those becomes uh, you know a very powerful thing and and so what we chose to do is take take any sort of negative energies from people in trouble and or you know from from some dudes that were in trouble to 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 channel it towards a positive thing and and it's turned into something it's turned into something really cool and it's been very impressive to see um to see how that how you know what what it's done in 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 these in these days you know, I think a good representation or a good snapshot of that is it started so we couldn't figure out how we were going to get people to come and join this community and be a part of this community. And we we knew all the fly fishermen, so we weren't trying to get more fly fishermen or the fly fishermen that are already into fly fishing into it. They already were. So what we, we started this thing where we'd find the world's worst tattoos and we would offer to laser remove it from free for free and tattoo it on us. And so, you know, it gets weirder. Um and so we get this, I, I buy this tattoo machine off eBay and we find our first removal. Anyway, what happened in my town is that it got people like paying attention to something that didn't fish. And then we'd throw iron fly and then all these people would come that didn't fly fish. It also helped that in the paper, um, someone wrote, someone wrote in the paper, want to meet hot single mountain men, go to a pig farm event. That was, that was a <laughs> beneficial thing because then chicks started showing up and then more dudes started showing up, you know, but People that didn't fly fish, you know. Anyway, so, so, so it turned into something really special in that town, and we we launched a get trashed from there. That was uh, a get trashed is a uh, a river cleanup battle that I think um, a lot of the people in Five Rivers have kind of done like a a shell of it. But but how we do Five Rivers in Fort Collins when I was there is that. You build a team, and this is this is something I think is valuable for if you guys want. You don't have to do it this way, but how we do it and it makes it really fun is that the rules are you build a team. Each team has to have at least one person that's never fly fished. If that per and you could stack your team with 10 people that have never fly fished and each one of their first fish is worth 50 points. And then each bag of garbage you pick up is worth 50 points. If you've caught a fish before on a fly rod, it's worth one point. And so what it does is it gets all your homies together 
that don't fish and then all your homies that fish and you want to teach them to fish because it's worth points. And then that, that meanwhile, all these people that don't fly fish, see this, see their homies giving them this uh, incredible attention in a beautiful setting and picking up trash at the same time, that, that, uh, that value for, for a first time fly fisherman is, is, is astronomical anyway. And then the other rule for my, uh, for my team was, uh, or for my city was, if your team lost, you had to take a bad tattoo from Pig Farm, and it turned into some pretty hilarious tattoos. So you don't have to do the bad tattoo part. I know that sounds crazy, but in my town it works. <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> what an incredible way to to build community um, and spread it out. I, I know that that's something that Andrew and I have talked a lot about because we're trying to expand the fly fishing community to this younger generation and at the same time uh pig farm y'all are doing the same thing trying to expand it to everyone you can and bring people in and in an inviting way and it's not intimidating to get like if you just go to your buddy and say hey let's go let's go fish pick up uh pick up some trash and maybe hit some iced refreshments at the same time, most people are going to be pretty down for that. Um, yeah. And when, and potentially when, you know, there's lots of Yeti coolers, fly uh, sunglasses from Costa, uh, the SIM stuff, like we, people give a lot of stuff to give, give out if you win. So it's another like kind of enticing thing for your homies to just be like, dude, if we do this right and you catch a fish and we pick up some, uh, as much trash as we can, we're going to win, you know, thousands of dollars or something or, or, or something cool. You know, it's, it's just a good way to spend a day, you know, for sure. Uh, Justin, how'd you, uh, link up with Jay oh. uh, on, on the pig farming front? That's a long, that's a long story. We were, I was fishing this river once. And then there's this guy, I saw he was fishing the same river. Like we were giving each other the side eye. And then later that night, I ended up at this karaoke bar. <laughs> and we uh, we reached for the microphone at the same time. And then <laughs> we, had, we had the battle. <laughs> we had the battle to duke it out from there. The only way we know with a microphone and, and a plate of lupia. Yeah, it just, it just, the, uh, there is, there is some truth to that. And the fact that, uh, Justin and I have done some karaoke fly tying events. I don't know. It's called American Flydle. I don't know if you guys, uh, can understand what happens there, but it, it, it gets pretty funny because, because all you need for a great karaoke night, you need, a few people that can belt the hell out of stuff. And then, and then the, the place gets pretty live and it's fun, you know? So when you're dealing with two or three Filipinos and karaoke, uh, things get a little bit interesting. And then you're tie- and then the rest of pig farm folks are there and we're tying flies. And so now when you're belting the hell out of something and you keep, and then you go back to the middle of the room at this table with a bunch of flies, tying vices set up, people come up and are saying, what are you doing? And you're saying, I'm fly fishing and karaoke and man. And they're like, that's bitching. Like, teach me how to tie flies. And then we teach people how to tie flies. It's crazy. It's crazy. There's a lot of ways. There's a lot of ways. And in between us. We just need to, we need to change our intro outro music to y'all just 
doing a karaoke. Yeah, so that needs to happen. We need we'll we, we need weekly submissions uh, of you just belting out the song. Sorry, we'll Andrew. Out song Joseph that we'll have him sing. I don't know. I know it'll be a good one. Yeah, I might have some clips of Jake on a, on a drive downstairs. <laughs> No, we should do, Justin, we should do, we should, we should sing a, we should make a theme song of something that would be metal as hell to open, open the show with, or, you know, not, I mean, I don't care what kind of music it is, but something that makes sense. That would be super fun. You just have to run yeah. it one week. Yeah, no, that'd be rad. Justin is a wonderful yeah. guitar player. That uh, would be awesome. Um, yeah. What's, uh, what's next for uh, Pig Farm, Jay? You said you're working on the boss, getting that dialed in. What's, uh, yeah, we were supposed to be on tour, uh, this year, but then all of a sudden that pandemic, uh, Corona, Corona or COVID-19 or 19 or 18. What yeah, was, 19. Big, yeah, big pandemic came. You wouldn't believe it. A lot of people don't even know it's here, but it's, it's real. And, uh, you know, um, but yeah, so that kind of, you know, for the pig farm, our, our mission, we, we get people together, right, to build community. And all of a sudden, you can't get people together because of that pandemic. And, and uh, anyway, so that's, you know, that's kind of messed up stuff. So we've been throwing some stuff online. We did some pretty cool uh, Iron Flies online with uh, Vitavu, Scotty from Vitavu, and a bunch of, a bunch of uh, other supporters. And, and uh, Justin and Scotty ran this really cool... So, so Justin does social media for Vitavu, Pig Farm, Pyramid. You know, Justin Justin has uh, uh, has created a, a very interesting thing through his eye for eye for through a lens. You know, he's he, anyway. So, so he's been able to like the that's 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 always been the Pig Farm's weakness is not having anybody that's really good at you know that that that's good at social media. And so anyway, so Justin jumped in and was like, and with Scotty from Vitavu was like, hey, yo, let's let's do this, this online Ironfly stuff. And it turned out really cool. We've wanted to do it forever. It's just we didn't have any way to to make it or, you know, to effectively do it. And then we did one with the film tour, the fly fishing film tour. What was that one? Uh, that was recent. That was yeah. a month, months ago. Yeah, that was it surrounded their whole uh, online or streaming format. So that, that one turned out pretty cool. Yeah, that was uh, tying stuff from the stuff you find outside. That was. That oh, was yeah, amazing. get outside. Yeah, um, that, I don't, they didn't tie it. They just put a turd on a hook, which was awesome. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was the winner? Was a turd on a hook? No, that, was, that wasn't the winner, no. That was one of <laughs> One of my favorite ones, a turd on a hook, which <laughs> so happens to be one of the one of the oh shoot, Drew, Drew, he's a farmer. Uh, Drew, <laughs> that's his uh those turds on a hook, but it wasn't oh, him that did that. Oh, no. <laughs> the emerging turd. <laughs> hilarious! Oh wow, the floater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, is that a dry or wet fly? Uh, oh, oh boy! <laughs> it, it, it all depends on what you had for dinner, I guess. Oh boy! <laughs> Our listeners at home just threw up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's college Sorry, kids. Apologies though. if y'all are eating right now, listening to this. But 
Yeah, I guess I guess from uh, from the third part, uh, what we're trying to do, but our our plan is that 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 YouTube channel is what I've realized, you know, through TV and through doing these videos for so long and doing all that stuff for I've been doing it for like twelve years now. Um, is that w- really where where the world? It's not the future. The present is is YouTube, and like if you want to teach a bunch of there. I know there's like how to fly fish videos on YouTube and all that kind of stuff, but we'll make them better. And I'm not trying to say anybody did a bad, bad job. It's just that we do such a good job. Anyway, so we want to do like YouTube adventure, uh, you know, what, what we do, this, this, this life is, is extremely crazy. So, so putting it out on, um, on, on video alongside of like trying to get people that these people come to this event. So we'll tour when it comes, when it comes to time, when it comes that we can tour again, We'll tour, we'll throw the events, we'll teach a bunch of people how to fly fish. And what we'd like is after they don't see us, we'd like them to know how to start their own pig farm in their community and how to get more into fly fishing. Learn, you know, how do you tie So they tied a woolly bugger at Ironfly. There's first time tires. Because that's that's one of the the things of Ironfly is the idea is to get the new people into it and make and make it, you know, how do you make that bridge? How do you get people into it? We do it a very funny way, but there's a lot of ways to do it. Um, anyway. Once you get those people going, how do you keep them understanding, you know, that, you know, how to, you know, they don't, they don't remember how to tie that woolly bugger. So now you got a video that says how to tie a woolly bugger and it's fun and it's to do stuff that helped you, helped you do it in the first place. You know, anyway, having, having uh, a resource online with some episodic stuff that is, that is fun and, and, you know, adventure or, or, um, you know, crazy fish or, or, um, what it's like to fish in Memphis, Tennessee, or what is it like to fish in Bozeman, Montana, you know, the, you know, that, the, you know, along with having all that kind of stuff and, and crazy countries and whatnot, we, we'll do how to roll cast. I will I want to make the greatest how to roll cast video ever made. And, and while it's fun and all that kind of stuff, I really want people to be able to roll cast into a cup at 60 feet. You know, so I'll set it up so it's fun, entertaining, informational, but also that it will make you be able to execute these things, like what you need to be able to do to be able to be a great role caster, you know, that kind of stuff without boring the pants off somebody, you know what I mean? So like, and, and, and understanding that while I can teach you some stuff, the, the best teacher is the fish. The fish will teach you how to cast and all that kind of stuff, but I'm just going to help you know, and, and the rest of the pig farm, we're just going to help you along the way uh, how to do things. Uh, if you want to learn how to be better at something or you just want to have entertainment or be able to teach somebody or, you know, any of that kind of stuff, we'll kind of have like a, a how-to section. And, we, and, and okay, let's talk about war. Is that, is that uh, the number, the top 10 videos, video channels on YouTube are all video games. And, uh, and I understand that a lot of, you know, I understand that some of the people here listening play video games and all that kind of stuff. And I, there's nothing wrong with that, but, but the battle is, is when that's all you do, or when you are removed from having a relationship with the outdoors, what happens and, 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 you know, and at the bottom line, when you don't have a relationship with something, you don't care about it. And the fact that the top 10 video game or the top 10 channels on YouTube are all video game is, and I'm not trying to say I can change that. I'm not trying to say I can change that because this is seeds is that we plant seeds that maybe 50 years from now, there'll be a show, a top 10 show on YouTube. That's about 
finding bears or hopefully fly fishing, you know, Hmm. anyway, it's so, so lofty, lofty goals, but those are the only ones I keep. Yeah. And I mean, what do you think in Justin or Jay, either of you can answer this, but like, what do you think the key is to getting the next generation of people like say for college kids or, or even younger, um, into the outdoors and into fly fishing. Justin, you want to go? I got something to say about it, but if you want to go, you should, you should do it. Just to get them like outdoors and into fly fishing is just like, hopefully soon, eventually we'll be able to have these events that we do that bring people together because it's one of those things that it's, it's, it's like a sales technique. You know, you, if you get the product in their hands, they're, going to be more tuned to do it or buy that, that thing. But like you get them outside and in a group setting and you, they can see the community that like, like you bring someone new and you have like four other guys are meeting at a river or something, you go fishing and you guys are all having a good time. They see that they'll connect with it hopefully and be more drawn to do that more with all of you, you know, and you know, maybe, maybe they just like, maybe you just flip a switch in them that wants to like clean up a river or something, you know, like, Oh man, I should really like something that they're not some conscious about, you know, until like they actually see it and other people are doing it and it just snowballs from there. Totally. You know, it's, but like right now, I mean, it's just showing them like, I mean, obviously everyone's like consuming, like, it's, I mean, kind of, what is it? It's kind of like a catch 22 that, you know, we want to promote things and do things on YouTube when we also want to get people outdoors and doing things, but that's a tool that we have right now. But if you could show them how awesome it is and how much fun you can have outside, maybe they'll, you know, take some time out of the day and go do stuff outside and be more active outside the walls of their home. Yeah, I'd definitely say, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's the same thing. Uh, it's a very similar thing, but it, the key is is positive exposure. So, so the sooner you can get them exposed to the outdoors in a positive way, in in that it's fun. Number one, if it's not fun, then you're dealing with some of the baddest ass video game producers on the planet or of all time, right? You know, so so that's what you're up against is that you can they're they're going to build that game around you staying there and watching it and playing it and participating that's the same thing with with and the outdoors has all of the ability naturally it has all of the ability to to be just as fun to be to be this driver and in, in, in interest but you got to be exposed to it so you got to bring people outside and and then have fun with them so if, if they, if, if you're not having fun, oh, you know, if you're not having fun, obviously they're not going to have fun, but if you're also being, um, a lecturer as, you know, as a teacher, if you make it like a school class, then they're going to react to it. Like they're in a class. There's some people of course that are going to going to thrive with that kind of, um, instruction, but, but a, a big majority of them are going, they'll have a better seed um sprouting if you don't try to be their overlord their their master you know or all that kind of stuff is just go have fun with them and if they ask questions 
do your best to to, to answer those questions in in a fun, positive way. Because this 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 becomes uh, generational when we teach people about the outdoors in a positive way with fun and instead of like a lecturing kind of thing, more of like try this, participate in it, try it and 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 give them the information they need and not a like a pedantic, you know, approach, then that's how they teach the people that they get into the outdoors. So having that, having that um, exposure in and keeping it fun, keeping it positive and fun will will that has enough of sexy flash and fur and feathers involved in it that they'll bite. Yeah. And and of course there's going to be people that don't, there's going to be people that, that, that seed was dead right when you put it in the ground. And that's, that's just numbers. That's just how, that's how it has to play. But to increase the via the viable seed count per hundred, the tricks to me is have, you know, is make sure it's fun and make it, make it entertaining and comfortable and, and, and adventurous, you know, make, make outdoor, make, make adventure what it should be. It should be this wonderful experience. It should be this, this drive of, of, uh, to make you want to, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to win this battle, this war against cell phones and video games and all this kind of stuff, we have to make sure that they have the best exposure to the outdoors. That 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 adventure part is 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 our is our is our super gun, you know, or our our, our super weapon for for our battle. Is that and and an adventure will it'll, will will hook will will deepen the talons in these people. Does that make sense at all? Am I, am I you know yeah tolerable? Yeah, that makes that makes complete sense and. Uh, we've talked about this before on on the podcast too, where talking about like, for example, you get someone out there fishing in a beautiful place, and uh, something I haven't mentioned, and someone, uh, this guy that used to work for DNR in Georgia, he now works in a local fly shop. He told me like, never take someone fishing for the first time, like uh, if you know that like the river's blown out or. Um, you might get poured on stuff like that. You want to create a great experience for that person to fall in love with the outdoors and to fall in love with the sport of fly fishing or the hobby of fly fishing. Um, and I've seen that with my brother and I've seen that with a lot of friends I've taken out and it's, it's so true. And I think that COVID's made us really, uh, a positive of it is it's, it's gotten a lot of people back outside uh, because we've been holed up in our houses and we don't, it, I can't sit in my house all day. I, I go crazy. Um, and yeah. I think that's been a great thing about COVID is it's gotten us back outside. Um, and we've had to find other ways to engage people through that from, uh, I'm sure pig, pig farm, y'all have had to do the virtual stuff, uh, the fly contests and, um, so if we, for five rivers, not being able to engage with students who might or might not even be going to class in person, um, but we're finding ways to make it possible to engage with people and get them back in, um, segueing and I guess a good transition to that is with the podcast, we've been doing a fly competition of our own and, uh, emerging fly challenge. So we want y'all. Hashtag emerging fly challenge. Uh, Got to include the hashtag there. 
and we want each of you to pick your favorite fly. And Shay, I know you've had a hard time picking favorite things on the episode so far, um, but we're going to need one for you from you, uh, Justin. We're going to need one as well. And these flies, uh, as we've, if you haven't tuned in to any of the upper, other episodes, this fly can be tied uh, on any size hook. Uh, it can apply to any water. We want to see the biggest fish, the smallest fish, and the most unique fish uh, caught. And we'll be having some swag that we're giving out for that. Uh, for those those things, make sure you tag TU Coast of Five Rivers and hashtag Emerging Fly Challenge. And we'll, we're going to judge... Uh, Biggest fish, smallest fish, most unique fish on this fly. So if y'all want to fire away what your favorite fly is, what you think would be great for this, go ahead. I'll start. It's the mop fly. Yes. The mop. Those were killer this weekend for me. (laughs) I want to see a two-op mop fly. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, these are basically mop flies. I mean, it's close to it. <laughs> I mean, if you burnt the end a little bit more, you got a giant mop. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The dragon tails. Yeah. Steer the edge. Yeah. You can see Just the remnants. Yeah, you can see the remnants of the of the material on my vice here. But they're pretty great. I love that. That's awesome. What about you, Jay? You know. Uh, my favorite, I guess my favorite way to catch a fish is on a, a giant popper. So, and they call me the king of pop for a reason. So uh, I'd, I'd have to say a popper. Sweet. Are we talking bass popper or are we talking saltwater popper? Just so well, if it's a contest and you said any size of popper, right? Or does it have to be the same popper? Uh, I think pattern. We're, we're trying to keep people on, like, introduce them to, like, new patterns and stuff. So, like, they could tie any size of that pattern. So, like, just okay. the example well, of a uh, mop. Well, it would have to be um, a trailer-hooked popper because sometimes fish short strike the popper. Um, so having, having our, you know, a trailer-hooked popper would be – would be something and it can dive or it could be just a popper on top or or whatever whatever it needs to be the rules are it should just be big enough that you barely can throw it <laughs> <laughs> justin actually tied me one that's a pretty good example of that a big blockhead popper but i've been i've just been so in love with that i mean you have to picture yeah. the take of a popper versus anything else nothing hits a popper with 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 shyness or bashfulness everything hits a popper and it's savage and it's in your face that you can see it it's a visual striking representation of why you do this godforsaken sport you know that 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 this this gives you the ability to see it all happen i, I love the idea of people going out there and putting out their biggest and smallest on a popper i love I, I just Especially if you if you haven't fished much popper, you know uh, it would be it would be great. There's some hot tips: is uh, low light conditions. Poppers poppers seem to be the most effective in the morning and in the evening, but I think they all work. Yeah, and they can work at any time. You know, I I was fishing for a little panfish with a popper one time on my two weight, and a five pound bass decided to uh, join the party, <laughs> and. <Yeah. Come> on. <laughs> 
I was I was really afraid I was about to send that rod in for warranty. Um, <laughs> but um, I'd love to know where uh, for our listeners where where they can find y'all um, on socials on anything else. Uh, I'll uh, also plug the blog post. We'll have all this stuff on there. Um, we're gonna have a little blog post if y'all don't know. Uh, so we'll put your phone numbers, uh, so people can blow up your, your, your phones and all that stuff. But, uh, where, where can they find you on socials and stuff? I mean, most, for me, it's just pig farm, Inc. I N K, even though Justin does it, that's, I mean, I think that's the best place to find, to find what we do. But, uh, Justin has a few, a few spots that I have at J rockfish on whatever it is, but what Justin, well, oh, you could find me at J Rockfish. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding. <laughs> it's like total inception here. <laughs> yeah, no. uh, you can find me at Justin Carf. Sweet. And well, Carf Creative. But Pig Farm, or yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll find all of them through Justin Carve. Yeah. Pig Farm. Yeah. Sweet. Or J Rockfish. Go to J Rockfish. <laughs> well, thank you guys for uh, for coming on. That was a lot of fun. Uh, probably the most fun I've had on, on an episode yet. No uh, hard feelings to anyone else that we've uh, had on here. But that's a wrap for episode four. Thanks for, for coming on, guys. Yeah, thanks, yeah. guys. See you. Yeah,